We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, folks, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 18th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, sponsored by Fanball. Joining me today, Jake Latarski. Um, we're up again. It's waiver wire time, we're getting ready for week three. First, uh, Seahawks, Bears, anything? All right, I got to ask you about the. What, I don't know what we do with the backfield. So, Rashad Penny started getting the ball in the second half. Mm-hmm. And all during training camp and preseason games, it was, oh, Chris Carson, he looks great, and he's going to run away with this job, and blah, blah, blah. And Pete Carroll says after the game, well, we had to use Carson on special teams, and he was kind of gassed, and that's why he didn't get the ball late. What? Yeah, that seems like a weird answer to me. For me, Carson's the guy that runs, does the north-south running for this team. If they're trying to protect the lead, I think Pete Carroll's going to trust Chris Carson more. In this case, they found themselves behind one, two scores for most of the game. Penny was a little bit high. Penny wasn't even better of a runner, technically. I mean, three yards up carry compared to Carson's four, but only 16 carries between the two of them to boot. So we knew early on that Penny is probably the more talented back, and long-term he was maybe going to take over. But 
for me, the only share of Chris Carson I took, I took him in a league where I'm going to get Mark Ingram back eventually, figuring I'd get some utility out of Chris Carson in the early part of the season. It's just not happening so far. Yeah, it's really not. So the other thing is uh, don't go fooled by Will Disley. He caught a garbage time touchdown. I saw mm-hmm, when yeah. I was watching the game, I went, oh, no, everybody's going to ask about him again. Yeah, getting dissed is uh, a new fantasy term now that I've seen nice. thrown around on Twitter I because like uh, you talk about fantasy bad beats. I mean, you know, regular bad beats, but fantasy bad beats. I mean, if you, <laughs> I hope you, no one was starting Will Disley this week. Well, I mean, I guess I hope they did because they got some benefit out of it. But uh, between either that or guys that had the Bears defense and with that garbage time touchdown, it's part of fantasy. No such thing as garbage time in fantasy. So, But like you said, don't run and pick up Will Disley all of a sudden. Um, I mean... Nick Vanek got the same amount of targets. Um, he kind of got that touchdown at the end, spiked the football, and they were still down by a full score. Um, yeah, I'm not going too crazy on Will Disley when it comes to tight ends, but he's around, I guess. Yep. Um, all right, folks, uh, on Twitter, check us out. He is at jakeski52. I'm at jhalpin37. You can also check out the main accounts at Rotowire or at Rotowire NFL. The latter is for newsfeed. And find us on Facebook. All right, so we're going to talk about free agents right now. Again, if, if we talk fab, and you want to ask us about Fab on Twitter, it's based on 12-team standard uh, $100 budget. Uh, we're looking percent ownerships on both Yahoo and ESPN in a lot of cases. But, you know, some leaks, they're first come, first serve. But we don't like those, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, generally not. I like to have uh, I like to give the people a chance. I, Fab is my preferred budget all the way. I actually, I'm trying to think. I don't even do any leagues that are that are waiver rotating waivers, which are okay. First come, first serve. Yeah, it gets a little bit unfair to the person who's hawking everything. Uh, you know, maybe doesn't uh, doesn't have to pay attention to their day job and gets uh, to look at Twitter all day long and maybe get those picks. But definitely a fab guy here. We're fab guys. Yep. By the way, Corey Coleman got cut again. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. Got to make room for Josh Gordon. My goodness. Poor Corey Coleman. All right. Let's go. Let's get into quarterbacks. So last week, the recommendations, uh, the guys we talked about, Tyrod, Darnold, Bortles, Eli. Bortles came out pretty. Bortles was a good one if you got mm-hmm. him. That was the that was the big payoff for week two if you yeah, grabbed him. Yeah, Tyrod, Darnold, Eli. It was all. I think they were all within a couple fantasy points of each other, right around that fifteen to seventeen range, depending on your scoring system, what interceptions happened. Uh, but yeah, you made a good call on Bortles. I actually think here's a weird thing with Bortles. I think he's a better fantasy player when Fournette's out of the lineup mm-hmm. because when Fournette's in the lineup, you're almost guaranteed that they're running the ball on first down every time. Right. But when they don't have Fournette. They need to get a little, little bit more creative with the play calling and whether that means giving Bortle time to use his legs or short quick passes on the early downs. It just helps his fantasy stats. All right. So going into this week, so Fitz is still as of now 20, low 20s percent ownership on Yahoo, 31% ESPN. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson had the, you know, the money quote, which was, you know, oh, he's got his play. But yeah, I mean, it depends on how he does week three. Again, I keep coming back to, Look, last week, I think we talked about it, and I, and I said, and I think we said, don't chase Fitz. And, well, now we're two weeks in. I think Fitz is still Fitz, and he obviously, to some extent, he obviously comes back to earth at just how much. I, I still look at this as a Jameis is going to get that job at some point. Yeah, that, that it's definitely possible. Now, when we were saying don't chase Fitz, that was after he did it against probably a lackluster Saints defense. But then he went goes out and does it against the defending Super Bowl champions and the Eagles. Very impressive in performance. So I'm starting to get a little bit higher on him. Of course, it's going to be a little bit dependent on, on week three, of course. But, I mean, who knows if you're Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston's had a lot of 
you know, off the field concerns, question marks. He's due over $20 million next year. Maybe see what you got in fits. I'm not saying give up on Jameis, but you can't really halt that momentum, especially if he goes out and beats, I believe it's the Steelers in week three. Yeah, it is the Steelers. Um, uh, so Fitz, I mean, yeah, you have to. And I was talking with Tim yesterday about how that my my biggest flaw as a fantasy player is I look at a guy and I go, nah, I don't believe it. You know, when a guy come, when a guy does something out of character, I tend to dismiss it too quickly. At some point, you got to go, I mean, hey, the guy's thrown for, you know, 8 billion yards and three touchdowns every game, and you got to do something. So, um well, what I, I'm going to ask you what I asked him. Would you, would you cut, say, Derek Carr for Fitz right now? Yeah, I think so, actually. Would you cut Sam Darnold for Fitz? Um, in a se- season-long league? Yep. Or just single season, probably. Would you cut Alex Smith for Fitz? Yeah, because all these guys you're naming are just on that replacement revolving tier anyway. Yep. Go with the hot hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that, and that's part of the point. If you, for, depending on the structure of your league, you don't have to be in love with Fitz. You just have to be in like temporarily. And if, yeah, if he, he loses the job, you know, if he loses the job, it's probably okay. Yeah, he's an awesome week three stream option. We saw that the Steelers defense let Patrick Mahomes do to him last week. And maybe Patrick Mahomes is just a stud and that's how it is. But it looks like a good matchup on paper for Fitz. And now, if you were holding out for Carson Wentz, he's probably coming. He's definitely coming back this week in Week Three, so you don't have to worry about that stream anymore. But maybe if you were a Mariota owner, you know, in a deeper league or something like that, uh, definitely be looking at Fitz. Yeah, this is. Um, I'm trying to think of who, who else has got a bad matchup here. Mariota, we talked about. Uh, well, you don't have Josh Allen, most likely, or Sam Brett. Maybe Dak. I don't know. I don't think Dak's a bad matchup, even though the over/under. The, by the way, over/under in Pittsburgh, Tampa, fifty-three and a half. So uh, Vegas thinks this could be high scoring here. Um, we talked about Bortles. He's only twenty-nine percent on Yahoo, ten percent on ESPN. I love that one. He's always he's always productive. The last three years, mm-hmm. he was what QB three, QB eight, QB thirteen, right? Yeah, so, yeah. He, he's uh, he's looking like he's got some weapons in Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook that are developing. Um, certainly a possibility. I think he'll get to be higher owned at the end of the week. But he's someone that I still still have a little bit of a tough time trusting in, 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 with a start in a big spot. But again, it's all dependent on the format and what your other options are. Okay. Andy Dalton you have here. He's playing against the Panthers. Not the easiest matchup. Uh, in Carolina, 27% Yahoo, 16% ESPN. Interesting tweet here. Uh, Phil Yates, ESPN, tweeted this out yesterday. Andy Dalton has now played 16 games a full season under offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. His numbers, 34-34 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he's got a 6-1 to touchdown to interception ratio on the year thus far. I think... Uh, I think he's become a viable QB too, someone that you can plug and play with your bye weeks or maybe play a little bit of matchup. It is admittedly a little bit tough this week. Next week at Atlanta, that's better because of how injured that defense is. He's rosterable at this point. Okay. Uh, in, in other leagues, if you let's say you're in a two QP league and you're looking for a third, uh, we are on Josh Rosen watch, certainly, mm-hmm. with the Cardinals. There, there's no, I was looking at the schedule, there's no easy landing point. For Josh Rosen, it's not like, you know, sometimes when a rookie's going to play, you say, well, maybe after the bye, he's got this easy matchup or maybe mm-hmm. there's no bye, but this, you know, home game is, there's not, maybe week, I think four against the Seahawks at home might be the easiest spot he's going to get to jump yeah, in. It's going to be a trial by fire for him, but you look at other rookie quarterbacks, you know, I go to Cleveland. I still think Tyrod Taylor gives him a better chance to win than Baker Mayfield in Arizona. 
I'm not so sure. So he gets a mention in the two QB spot this week. Yep. And uh, you got the Mariota Gabbert. You wouldn't want to start either Mariota or Gabbert at Jacksonville this week. Yeah, no. matter no. what. Um, but we got to watch Mariota's status. Um, the guys I wanted to talk to you about, we always like the running quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Trubisky, he's 17% owned on Yahoo. He, he run, I mean, the first two weeks, he's, you know, he runs. He's going to give you two, three points on the ground, and that's if he doesn't score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He's throwing enough, and they're, they're using him in a way that, you know, I know he threw, what, two picks last night? But Yeah, two picks, both but, to Shaquille Griffin in the second. I think they were both in the same quarter. They were just bang, bang. So, I, they seem to be using it for the most part, and you know he's he's rolling out and throwing high percentage passes despite those two picks. But I, I kind of like mm-hmm. I, I like Trubisky and I like Josh Allen just because I, I don't like Josh Allen as a real life quarterback, and the guy might throw for under fifty percent for crying out loud. And look, if interceptions are a big penalty in your league, that's something to consider. However, I think that um, that Josh Allen is it seems to be re- willing to run enough to make this yeah. uh, to 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 make himself viable for fantasy purposes. Yeah, it's definitely a long play. I wouldn't touch him at all this week. They go at Minnesota. That's going to be, I mean, they'll be behind the whole game, but I still don't think against the defense like that, he's going to get, you'd be lucky to get more than 12 fantasy points out of him this week here. Um, and yeah, I see what you mean with Trubisky. I, I have him as my QB two in a 14 team league. So definitely still rosterable. Yep. All right. Um, otherwise here, who, who do you want to drop right now? I mean, Mariota, there's no timeline on his absence, and he wasn't great week one, and who knows how he's going to kind of work out in that new system. So I guess he is in consideration. And if you're a Fitzpatrick believer, I mean, Jameis Winston has to sneak into this list somehow because who knows if Jameis Winston is even a QB2 if he were somehow awarded the job back. And So there's a little bit of uncertainty there. He gets thrown out there. I'd probably still hold on to him one more week just to see what Fitz does this week. But if you're in a 10-teamer and you need to make a tough decision, I mean, that's a name that is on the block. All right. Um, who's, your, who's, your, who's your top th- in order, top three? Um, man, I go, I go Fitz, Dalton, Bortles. Fitz, Dalton, Bortles. Yeah, it's short-sighted because I like the matchup for Fitz this week. But, again, even Bortles and Dalton, they're, they're guys that you're, they're, you're rotating in and out. So I'll go with the matchup this week. I think I like Bortles first, but but I can live with that. Maybe again, maybe I'm being too stubborn on fits. Okay, running backs. Last week we talked about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones back this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he's back this week, and I looked at his ownership. Um, you know, 61% owned in Yahoo, 46% only in ESPN. So there is some availability out there if people are falling asleep. But again, John, you meant after you mentioned the Jamal Williams pass blocking last week, I definitely tried to pay closer attention to that on Sunday. And you're right between watching the game and between just Packers beat writers on Twitter. Jamal Williams lights people up like crazy in Pat's protection. And maybe this wasn't the case before week one, but with Rodgers banged up, you need to have a guy like that back there. So it will be a bit of a uh, a timeshare, uh, but I do still think that Jones needs to be owned. I think of him in a similar light as as maybe a Philip Lindsay as far as you know rest of season outlook i guess so you know someone's going to play but not getting the lion's share of the workload yeah it's 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 weird because you look at a guy like williams and you watch the first two weeks and you say you know he just doesn't run that well and maybe jones is a is a better option but there's more to it than just the running you know and mm-hmm. i mean especially for a team like the packers that needs to protect the quarterback yeah and, and then you get into third and long and neither of those guys are really on the field maybe williams for pass protection but you see a lot of Ty Montgomery in those situations and those small little dump-off passes and screens that McCarthy likes to call, you know, if he's being a little bit conservative. So it is a split, but I do think Jones needs to be on. 
All right. Um, the other guys we talked about last week, TJ Yeldon, that's in, with Fournette out, and we're not sure what that's going to look like coming up this week. Uh, James White, I don't think – James White is now in the big jumbled mess of a Patriots backfield because Michelle is back and, and Burkhead played. So Yeah, but I think he, he got the most targets. So, I mean, he's still definitely uh, your PPR guy. I believe he – got I got to look at that. But I remember him just – Getting a ton of targets against the Jags, I think that was in the game plan. Yeah, eight targets on the team. I mean, they were they were losing by a decent amount. Which mm-hmm. I mean, they, James, I I find uh, if I'm not in a bye week, I have a hard time starting James White with those two other backs there. Like, it's just yeah. not you know he because if he's a PPR guy, he might be four for twenty nine, and I don't think that's a stretch to think he'd be like that. I just don't I don't know. J, J, he's he's not my cup of tea even in PPR. That's all. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's pretty much only limited to PPR, whereas usefulness is where you can at least get a floor of five or six points. See what happens from there. All right. Uh, last week, we also talked about Lindsay, who's now up to 60% ownership. Um, I guess, you know, last week I wasn't, I was a skeptic and well, there you go again. Um, and Austin <laughs> Eckler showing that two backs can be viable in the San Diego backfield. He did it again. Yeah, I, good. I, I expected Eckler to have a big week against Buffalo because the game flow wasn't as much of a blowout as I thought. I mean, still kind of a blowout, but um, this just a little bit of caution. This could be one of his better games this year. Okay. The uh, so we talked about Aaron Jones. Gio Bernard is a big one this week. Joe Mixon's mm-hmm. out. Two to four was the prognosis. Gio's twenty six percent percent owned on Yahoo, thirty nine percent ESPN. He uh, he plays at Carolina this week. The great thing about Gio is because he can catch the ball, he's going to be on the field a lot. Yeah, absolutely. He should see the big time bulk of the snaps out there. I mean, only the only other real threat is a fourth-round pick, Mark Walton. Uh, I don't really see him having a big role. Geo is probably the one and only player that I'd consider using one of your top three waiver priorities on, especially if it's PPR, just because you're going to get a ton of utility out of him, a ton of snaps. And uh, I would say about 25 to 30% of the fab bid, you might need to do like a $31 bid in a $100 league just to kind of lock him down. But so there's a chance are like if you're the Joe Mixon owner might go up to the forties in that case. And even though it's a short window of utility, you're getting an RB two for two to four weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. Chris Ivers, the other one, LaShawn McCoy cracked rib cartilage is the, is the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. He, he probably won't play this week. I mean, it's supposed to be hopefully a short term thing, but man, they're going to Minnesota. I mean, Chris Ivory, low ownership. You can probably get him if you want him. Could could mm-hmm. you why how desperate would you have to be to start Chris Ivory this week? Yeah, I mean he gets a mention, but who knows? Maybe if you're in Le'Veon Bell territory and and you lost him, maybe if you started with Bell and Joe Mixon, which I thought would have been great four weeks ago, something like that. You do have to be pretty desperate. He just needs to get mentioned on here because I don't really see Marcus Murphy sneaking in there. It's just a very tough matchup. So you're hoping he gets maybe 40, 50 yards rushing and a goal line look late in the game, but that that's the ceiling here for Chris Ivory. All right. Uh, the other guy, Corey Clement, got a touchdown. Um, Ajayi was banged up. Uh, when I'm not mm-hmm. sure if his prognosis for this week didn't sound serious, but we yeah, all, I, did, we I mean, he left the game thing. and then he came back in. So yeah. So I mean, would you pick? A, I like Clement, but he he's more of a he's a stash, not a mm-hmm. plug and play. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with you. I think the return of uh, Carson Wentz is going to help all Eagles across the board. Definitely the running backs. It's definitely going to help Nelson Aguilar. It's absolutely going to help Zach Ertz. Um, so I think Clement starts to get some value. And maybe not now when there aren't any bye weeks, but when bye weeks start to come around, there will be situations where I could see using him. Okay. The guy I wanted to mention is Samaji Piran, who everybody had basically given up on. He was a health, I think he was a healthy scratch <laughs> on Sunday. 
Mm -hmm. um, 1% owned on Yahoo. So I've been, we've been talking all along about how Peterson, I think Peterson's on borrowed time. Rob mm -hmm. Kelly is going to have toe surgery. He'll be out for a month. I mean, the, the Peterson thing could go bad very quickly is why I'm, I'm hearing. Because basically, if that happens, if he has another week of, I mean, could, couldn't you see in two weeks the Redskins going, you know, let's just cut him. This is not worth it. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I think that would be uh, that'd be a little hasty, but I mean, he could I get a hundred yards too. I, I don't know. It, it, it's yeah, happened before. It happened last year twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Pirine hasn't been active this year. If I'm looking at this correctly, so he's a stash at best. But I don't know. Pirine's the guy that over the last from the start of the 2017 season till now, I have personally added and dropped the most times, and I'm starting to get sick of it. But I shouldn't let I shouldn't <laughs> let myself get sick of it now. Because, of course, now this time that I pass on him, he'll come up and do something. But it's a stash candidate. You have to have a deeper bench because he's even given these situations with Kelly Hurt, Chris Thompson still around there dominating the targets, especially. Um, I don't think very highly of this Washington team. I think they're going to be behind quite a bit. And that means Chris Thompson, heavy dose of Chris Thompson. So between the Thompson AP split, even with Kelly out, and you got to remember, Kelly played. 10 snaps week one, and I guess he got hurt, but only one snap in week two. So he wasn't getting in a ton of work. So P. Ryan gets Kelly's snap here at best, and that's not quite enough. Yep. All right. So uh, anyone you want to drop here besides Kelly? And the, yeah. wait, So the Colts, the two Colts you have on your list. Yeah, I, I mm -hmm. think Marlon Mack seems like he's probably going to take over. Yeah. I mean, it was a timeshare this week, but it's going to be heading towards a Marlon Mack thing. So if you're in a... If you're in a 10-teamer, you probably don't need to use a roster spot on Jordan Wilkins or Naheem Hines anymore. Wilkins was a good guy to own early in the year when, when Mac wasn't around. But with Mac coming back, here's the snap share. I mean, Wilkins and Hines each had 39 snaps, and Mac only had 30 week two. But we got to start predicting these trends ahead of time. And Mac's going to start taking, I'd imagine, at least 10 to 15 snaps from each of them are going to go over to Mac. And, and then those Wilkins will be maybe change of pace, Hines on passing downs, but not going to get enough time on the field from either of those guys moving forward, barring some other type of injury to really be worth rostering in a 10 team league. Okay. Um, anybody else you want to talk about just crossing your, uh, you have one Corey Grant on the Jags you like? Yeah. I mean, he looked good. He's been in the league a while. He might be a decent deeper PPR flex option. I see all these, you know, I catch people on Twitter every once in a while playing in 20 team leagues. You never know. I mean, Corey Grant, uh, he, there, there's a spot for him in fantasy, but in most formats that we're all playing, probably not. But just worth a mention in case Fournette has to miss another week for any reason. Okay. Uh, so you have a Geo certainly top of the list. I agree with you. All right, folks, <laughs> let's talk about the new Daily Fantasy site Fanball for a second. The number one issue I hear from people who try DFS is that it's almost impossible to win for the casual player. Too many sharks out there with 150 lineups, and you basically have no shot if you want to play just a lineup or two for fun. And that's where Fanball comes in. If the name rings a bell, it's the same folks behind the season-long site from the, that you've seen in the past. Paul Charchian, who happens to be the president of the Fantasy Sports Trade Association, has brought back the Fanball name, but this time as a daily fantasy site. And he's looking to level the playing field by enforcing low entry limits. In fact, I'm looking at the lobby right now, and the most lineups anyone can have in a contest is 10. That's huge. It's a huge difference maker, everybody. Plus, they also have snake drafts, which are a lot of fun. And I'm told that auctions are coming very soon as well. Head over to fanball.com slash rotowire. Sign up now. Make a deposit of at least $10. And we will give you a six-month membership to rotowire. Again, that is fanball.com slash rotowire for low entry DFS. Check it out. Wide receivers. Last week, we talked about Sean Watson. That worked if you paid it, if you, if you did it. 
Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. Deshaun Watson's still kind of on thin ice. And I, I wouldn't say on thin ice, but uh, disappoint fantasy owners so far. But Deshaun Jackson, uh, he was, you know, I don't know, a lot of people definitely didn't start him this week because he was a little banged up, but he got the long touchdown from Fitzpatrick, and he suddenly is should be rostered in just about every 12-teamer and probably most 10-teamers too. Uh, Quincy Anuno was a target monster again, which was mm-hmm. great. Uh, target so- monster and Darnold Missed him when he was wide open in the end zone. Oh, he was, he was open. wide, wide open. It could so, have been a huge fantasy day. It, it was incredible that he missed it. And I, I, one of the announcers said that he thought Darnold was going to throw the ball away. And as his arm was in motion, he went, oh, no, he's right there. And tried to shorten. But, yeah, that was too bad that he missed him. Um, mm-hmm. Geronimo Allison, up in your neck of the woods here. He yeah. was on the field for 61 snaps. Six for 64. So it's two weeks in a row. He's 11 catches for 133 and a touchdown in two weeks on 14 targets. That's passable. Yeah, most definitely that's passable. I mean, he's going to be kind of back and forth with Randall Cobb as the second wide receiver option a little bit. He's big. He's physical. He fell in the draft a little bit because he didn't have a great 40 time. People thought he wasn't fast enough to play in this league. But he's got that uh, rapport with Rodgers. And I have him for $1 in a keeper league. I'm really excited about that to see where, where his role goes the rest of the season. And I think uh, he, he definitely needs to be rostered. When bye weeks come around, he's going to be a serviceable wide receiver three, especially with some of these matchups the Packers have coming up over the next few weeks. All right. The rest of the guys we talked about, D.D. Westbrook did get a touchdown. Otherwise, uh, Dorsett, Marshall, Ross, Ginn, Beasley, not much happened there. Coming mm-hmm. up this week, John Brown. So the Ravens are, I mean, Ravens threw a lot last week because they were losing by a lot. John Brown, 25% Yahoo. Last week, 10 targets, 92 yards, and a score. I am skeptical of John Brown. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical of John Brown, but here's one of my personal situations. So I'm in a keeper league that uh, had some expensive keepers, traded some auction money last year, ended up with my three receivers to start the year being Aguilar, Jamison Crowder, and Pierre Garçon. I'm definitely sticking John Brown in that lineup, probably over one of those last two. Uh, moving forward because he seems to be targeted enough. I mean, he had 10 targets, only caught four of them, so the catch rate isn't great, but the usage and him finding the end zone. Remember, this is a guy that's 28 years old. He's a 1,000-yard receiver, third-round pick, has the pedigree. Um, I still think he's got some left in the tank, and maybe not using your top waiver wire pick on him, but if he's still out there, I would have no problem with you putting a $16 bid, let's say, on him. Whoa, that's steep. That's higher than I thought you'd say. That's going to be what you need if you want to get him okay i don't know that you can try you can try to be sneaky with 11 i see i always go one over the even number figuring someone else will go over the even number but then someone always gets me at like 12 and 17 dollars but that that, i think that's what you're going to need to pay to get him because people are going to be on him i mean he's definitely ahead of willie sneed in the pecking order him and crabtree neck and neck a little bit but i like the guy okay I like him too. I hope he can stay healthy. Uh, next up, Antonio Callaway, single-digit ownership on both Yahoo and ESPN. So Josh Gordon's gone. Callaway's in. Callaway's talented. The only reason he slipped in the draft, it was off-the-field issues, as Tim and I talked about yesterday. It was not talent at all. Mm-hmm. He caught the big, you know, he's fast, 4-4-1, 40-time. Caught that huge touchdown at the end from Tyrod the other day. Mm-hmm. Callaway could, could really become a quick factor in this offense. Yeah, that absolutely saved his fantasy day, the big touchdown. And I think we're going to see Tyrod trust him in those situations a little more, maybe throw it deep into double coverage, trust him to come down with it. Yeah, he kind of, he failed that drug test at the combine. Well, failed a drug test, you know, kind of had a diluted sample or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Fell to the fourth round. But again, the guy's a stud. He only played 15 snaps in week one. He was up to 50 week two. 
So I think it's pretty clear who's taking over. Now, Richard Higgins was targeted more times. Technically, he's kind of a veteran. I mean, a veteran in Browns years, I guess. But Callaway is the fantasy option you want to own because of his explosiveness and his big playability. And those stat lines are going to continue to grow the rest of the way up. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about DJ Moore on the Panthers, too. You sort of teed me up for this one. DJ Moore, mm-hmm. 29% on Yahoo, 23% SPN. He had a nice catch and run touchdown. Cam hit him over the middle and sort of the, it was like the Red Sea parting in the middle of the field. <laughs> the Falcons mm-hmm. let him run. He was their first round pick. Ron Rivera did, had some nice things to say about him. Basically said, we got to put more on his plate. And here's what happened with more in the first two weeks. He, they basically said they were trying him at all. They, they were, they were working him in at all three receiver slots. So he had mm-hmm. a lot to, he had a lot to learn. And that's why they weren't using him a lot. Now they want to get him in there more because he can. He seems to be a playmaker, and you see what they talked about in the preseason bore itself out in that touchdown. Is that they they thought he was a catch and run guy that he can make plays once you put the ball in his hands. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think yeah, that's, they're going to use him more. Yeah, that's what it's looking like to me. I mean, I was one who saw okay, seventeen snaps week one, and even seventeen snaps week two, thinking, oh man, is he on the chopping block? But I've came back around. He's someone that you do have to be patient with and use a bench spot on. Yep. But but I believe you, John, that uh, kind of after seeing those Rivera comments, after getting him, once they get him more involved, he'll start to have some big games towards the uh, and, and And when you run into bye weeks in the middle of the season, he's going to be someone who can sneak into wide receiver three territory. Now, now remember that this is a team. They've got Funches, who's still pretty good. They throw the ball to McCaffrey a lot. So there's mouse to feed. Mm-hmm. This is not a situation where the, you know there's sort of a where DJ Moore becomes this alpha receiver right away. I mean, it's, like you said, it's going to be a stash and and, and wait mm-hmm. a little bit. And when yeah, the time that, comes, he's still he's he's probably not going to be the kind of guy who's going to get you know 14 targets like Allen Robinson did last night. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got you. I mean, that, that's why I don't have him in my top three because I pick guys with more immediate payoffs. But I think if someone was a little premature and pulled the trigger and cut him, he's he's definitely someone that you should be looking at. And I, as a dynasty. Man, I mean, I know in dynasty leagues he's probably that well, rostered, yeah. but that's he's he's gonna be a nice player. Uh, Chris Godwin's the other one. Uh, touchdown again. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's there and Mike Evans. I mean, they're throwing a ton because they really can't. They don't run well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, the Peyton Barber, Jacquez Rogers, uh, Ronald Jones, not really uh, being a factor at all. But yeah, Chris Godwin showed that we can have a third pass catching option in this offense. I do think Deshaun Jackson slows down a little bit, and Chris Godwin will be more consistent in PPR formats. So I threw him on the list because, yeah, he's under the threshold, 35% owned in both uh, major formats. All right. Who's your top three? Going John Brown, number one. I think you guessed that because of the bid I suggested. Callaway, number two. Love the explosiveness, like I said. And I go Godwin over more just because the, he'll be more productive in the short term. His snaps are a little safer. All right, you've got an honorable mention list too. Calvin Ridley, who I like. I thought they'd get him more involved in this week, and they did. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Rashard Higgins. Uh, Kamar Aiken you've got on your list. He's a he, – I mean, Philly's running out of receivers, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I want to accommodate the people in the deepest, deepest, deepest of leagues. So I throw Kamar Aiken on there, former Baltimore Raven. Again, Carson Wentz is going to make this passing attack more dyna- dynamic. Uh, if you missed it, Mike Wallace has a fractured fibula. He's going to be out indefinitely, probably the better part of the season. Maybe comes back towards the end. Elshon Jeffrey, he remains week to week with a shoulder injury. Nelson Aguilar is going to get a ton of targets, a ton of receptions. Zach Ertz is going to get a lot of his too, and they'll throw to the backs. But there's room for another receiver in there. And if I had to really, really throw a dart, a long shot in a 16-team league or greater, there's a spot for Kamari, I guess. Okay. 
Kamarikin was kind of a steady Eddie when he was in Baltimore. You know, he'd have those weeks where you know seven, you know, six catches for seventy-one yards and a touchdown. Um, drop candidates on your list. I mean, Cam Meredith. Yeah, I think that's a we're we're done with that one. Alan Hearns, I think we, he, it, there's probably not a good reason to hang on there, even though he might have some good games. Philip Dorsett, I want to talk about. So mm-hmm. obviously, Josh Gordon mucks things up, but Philip Dorsett. I mean, that first they they like him. They do like him. I, I, there's going to be a lot more competition now because for the Most ball. Definitely. I mean, Josh Gordon's a better receiver than Phil Dorsett if he's healthy, certainly. But so you look at if you look at the Pats, you go, well, how many fantasy viable people can we have? It, you know, when you got Hogan and Gordon and Gronk on the same team, and you add Dorsett. But Dorsett's got seven targets two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And they like. Yeah. I think they like him. I I, I don't mm-hmm. know that I'd be. Will, I don't want to cut bait on him just yet. If I have the yeah. the roster space to hold him on a bench, I would like. He's the one on the list here that I would like to hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No. I, I see. It. I see where you're coming from. And there's absolutely maybe maybe putting him as a drop candidate isn't the appropriate place to put him. But stock falling in, in a yeah, barometer okay. like we do those on RotoWire, stock falling is definitely coming to be the case here. Now, Dorset. Actually had one more snap than Hogan in week two. He had 56, Hogan at 55, Cordero Patterson 27. And we remember we've got Julian Edelman coming back in a couple weeks. We've got Josh Gordon in the mix. I'm not too crazy worried about Josh Gordon until I see it. I'm a little bit hesitant. I'd be hesitant to use him in a starting lineup if you've been hanging on to him. But he's got more competition coming and more competition coming quick. Even though he was targeted more than Chris Hogan, Hogan got two touchdowns against Jacksonville. So maybe the touchdown upside isn't there for Dorsett. Um, I do have him in a 12-team league. Picked him up for real cheap last week. I'm going to give him another week at least, but he's he's going to be on thin ice for me. Stock definitely falling. Maybe not as bold as a drop candidate yet, but definitely sneaking in there. Okay. I want to ask you about Jameson Crowder. Look, if, you, if you invested like a seventh-round pick or eighth in Jameson Crowder, which is probably what you did, maybe higher. Mm-hmm. I you're not cutting yet, but you got to be worried at the way this is playing out that Alex Smith is sort of not looking to him as much as we would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and we should have known this. I should have known better. I only had one share across six drafts, I think. Uh, so I should have known better. I thought I was getting a value getting him for like a seven, eight dollars at the end of an auction. He's out there on the field in terms of snaps. Well, He's kind of sneak, right? Him and Paul Richardson, Josh Doxson's actually dominating the snap count for them. That's going to be a tough one. He's going to be on thin ice. I'm definitely taking him out of my starting lineup in favor of John Brown this week. And if I don't see much from him, he's certainly going to be someone that is on the chopping block. We all should have known this. We should have known better. Alex Smith doesn't really throw downfield a ton. And I thought maybe, well, maybe it was just an Andy Reid thing that they wouldn't let him do it. But that's still kind of con- continuing here. Uh, in Washington, and and Jamison Crowder has been one of the more one of the bigger fantasy disappointments here through the first couple of weeks. All right, what what do we do with John Ross at this point? I know it's only two weeks, but, but I mean, yeah, there's there's going to be games where John Ross catches a 65 yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still been on the field for 65 snaps and 59 snaps, well behind AJ Green, of course, and also significantly behind Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's actually. Maybe a deep flyer if you need five, six PPR points. But, uh, man, I, I think you got to hang on to John Ross because you're right. I buy the athletic capability. And and we talked earlier in the show about Andy Dalton improving with the new offensive coordinator, uh, getting more touchdowns. And, and I think John Ross can eventually play a role in helping those numbers continue. 
So I have a real hard time cutting bait on him. But if you're a mixing owner or a Yeldon owner and you're not dropping those guys, obviously, but you need to make tough roster decisions, he's starting to float there at the bottom. He's going to be one of your bottom couple players on those rosters. So it's a tough one. All right. Let's go to tight ends. So last week, hey, um, by the way, fantasy owners, Jared Cook disappointed you again. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, four for 49. He wasn't terrible. But mm-hmm. he's Jared I mean, Cook. I mean, geez, that's, that's nine PPR points. But uh, yeah, again, he, he did better than a lot. Of, he had a better game than Gronk did this week. Right. But I mean, normally the, you know, oh, hey, wow, Jared Cook. Maybe this is the year. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's well, not. Gruden decide, finally decided to wake up and get Amari Cooper involved. That's what happens. He targeted 10 times. And oh, wow, guess what? Amari Cooper caught 10 passes. Yeah. It's amazing what can happen when you use your best player. Um, who else? Eric Ebron scored again. Which is nice. I like that one. You know, I think the volume is going to be kind of low, but he's a you know if, yeah. if you're in the tight end streaming game, he's not bad. Yeah, I mean Jack Doyle is always going to out snap him, but we know what kind of an athlete Eric Ebron is, and he just never was able to realize that potential in Detroit. And maybe he's getting that done in Indianapolis finally. Okay. Otherwise, Will Disley. I think we talked about earlier had that garbage time t- touchdown. Uh, Ian Thomas, Ricky Seals Jones, Austin. It's Farian Jenkins scored a touchdown just. You know, he doesn't get the ball uh, enough yep. to be that that you want to pick him up. Jesse James. Whoa. Whoa. The, wh- yep. Wow. Huge. Huge game. Huge total. Yep. But I will do a few words of caution on Jesse James. You're going to be a lot of owners are going to be sifting through the box scores like I was and, and then thinking, oh, wow, man, this Jesse James guy, the outlaw, five catches on five targets, 138 yards and a touchdown. Do I need to get get me a share of him? Because he's only 10% owned in Yahoo, 3% in ESPN. We got to keep in mind that A, Chiefs pass defense, not very good. And in this particular case, he was left almost wide open, uncovered on multiple plays. And that's what gave him such a huge yard total. And we've got Vance McDonald's coming back. Mm-hmm. Vance McDonald technically got the same amount of targets as Jesse James. Both of them were targeted five times. McDonald just wasn't left so dang wide open. Finished with three for 26. I think those two start to kind of meet in the middle a little bit more, taking value away from each other. It's a two tight end system. I wouldn't be surprised if McDonald outproduced him for the rest of the season, but don't go blow your wad on James just because you see the big stat line. Yep, agreed. Uh, Vance McDonald's a better receiver than James is. Mm-hmm. And that's I would agree the, with that. Yeah, so it, it, this is probably going to change, and that's that was the plan coming in the season. All right, OJ Howard, only twenty one percent of uh, ESPN ownership. Look, it, you're, you might be tempted to look at the target count and be skeptical about O.J. Howard. Two targets in game one, four in game two. I mean, he's still got, he's putting up, the production has been strong. He's, they're using him more. I mean, last year it was a lot of him blocking and break going, running routes, and it's not quite that way anymore. They seem to be consciously trying to use Howard in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, definitely a player who you, you'll you see their stock rising a little bit. I mean, a 16-teamer where I actually started O.J. Howard this week. I feel great about it. Um, I feel better about it the rest of the season. I don't understand why he's only 21.5% on an ESPN where he's up there at 68% in Yahoo. Maybe it still has something to do with the pre-draft rankings being different and it being early in the season. But he seems like he can be a viable tight end i mean like you said the targets aren't necessarily there so that doesn't make him a great high floor ppr guy but in your non-ppr's and, and, and the thing that stood out to me cameron Brait wasn't targeted a single time against right. the eagles and on the season he's only been targeted twice has zero catches so you say howard's targets aren't there it makes me feel better about howard seeing that Brait's targets aren't really there either and that there's starting to be a more favorite option in the passing game now 
if they change from Fitzpatrick to Winston, which I'm not still sold on them doing yet, maybe that could get switched up a little bit. But uh, for now, I think O.J. Howard can be owned as a tight end too. Okay. Uh, I still – I wouldn't want to go pick up Ian Thomas, but he's still on my watch list. He actually dropped a touchdown. I mean, Cam Newton threw a perfect pass over the middle in the end zone, and mm-hmm. Ian Thomas dropped it. Uh, Jake Butt. What about Jake? Ten targets in two games for Jake Butt. They drafted him to be a pass catcher. He's 3% owned on Yahoo. I mean, look, he's not a top-tier guy, and he's not one of your top 12 this week, but someone you got to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, I think he could definitely be a watch list guy. I mean, he was more productive than Demarius Thomas, uh, but again, I wouldn't expect that to continue very much. He's he's kind of one of those guys that you, you hit your little flag icon or whatever site you're using. Maybe watch the guy's progress a little bit. Generally, rookie tight ends have a very tough time in the league. You know, a lot of these guys we talked about, O.J. Howard, you know, didn't have a great offensive rookie season. Some of these, you know, the Steeler guys, Ebron, when he started out, guys came in with, you know, some high expectations and and, and didn't quite live it up there. I have a tough time with it, but again, watch this. Okay. So who would you pick up first of the guys we talked about? I guess Howard. Yeah. Howard and maybe McDonald. Um, I don't. I'd still. I'd almost be as bold as to say I'd rather own McDonald over Jesse James. I, I think I would rather own McDonald than Jesse James too. As good as Jesse James has been, mm-hmm. um, drop candidates. You think Ricky Seals Jones is uh, is is we're done with him? I mean, he's going to be one of your rotating fringe guys anyway. You really have to deep league if you're holding out for hope that suddenly he becomes a stud. And I know Jerain Gresham is kind of a. Uh, uh, he's a big kind of blocking type guy, six five two sixty. But I think he'll be um, he'll be back in the nearish future and, and might take some of the pass catching roles away from Seals Jones. So that that lowers the floor a little bit for him, and I'm not super high on him. So it's weird because Seals Jones was he's a tight end who's there to catch the ball, not to block, right? And mm-hmm. and the first two weeks he was on the field a lot, and I thought, wow, it's really going to come up. And I, I didn't think it. I don't know who I was talking about this last week that I didn't like him last week because he was playing the Rams and the week before the Rams gave up a bunch of tight end points. It was because, wow, this guy's on the field a lot and, you know, it ain't to grind mm-hmm. it out as a blocker. And they just didn't yeah. get in the ball that much. I mean, they six targets each week, but it's little, dink, you know, seven catches for mm-hmm. 36 yards. And I was kind of hoping for more. And I, I, I have mm-hmm. this, this hope that we might get it. I just don't want to invest in it anymore. Yeah. Well, we talked about the Cardinals' upcoming schedule as well. You got Bears, Seahawks, 49ers on the road, Vikings on the road, then uh, then Denver. I mean, not an easy set of defenses coming up either. Yeah. Uh, other drop candidates, you mentioned Brait. Uh, Antonio Gates, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Gates is going to be the kind of guy who who might have games where he gets two catches for 14 yards on a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm right there. I, I bet you he'll, he will get a two-touchdown game at some point this season. But that's going to make fantasy owners chase it, and they're going to be really disappointed trying to chase it. Agreed. I have him in a 16-team league. I, I kind of punted tight ends in that draft. I actually have O.J. Howard and and Gates as my backup in that 16-teamer, but Gates is going to be one of those guys that's probably heading for the free agent pool. Okay. Defenses. So, I mean, some big ones this week. I mean, the Vikings are a great one. Um, the mm-hmm. Bears are a pretty but- good one against Arizona. Mm-hmm. Who else? Yeah, but at this point, the Jags. If you had an early draft, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a handful of. Uh, if you had an early draft, and the Bears weren't taken before the Khalil Mack trade, I hope you've jumped on that already. They're right. definitely. I believe they're the highest scoring defenses through the first two weeks, and and they're going to be my my DFS pick against the Cardinals this week. Um, so we kind of look at our pick on candidates first. Who's playing the Cardinals? Who's playing the Bills? 
we've established pretty clearly that those are the two worst teams, possibly worst offenses in football. But the Bears and the Vikings are pretty much going to be taken in the majority of formats. So we do have a couple other options for you. Okay. Go, go for them. Who do you like? Go for them. I got to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it's the Cleveland Browns, but they get the Jets at home on a Thursday night. The over-under on that game is 39, folks. If you play the numbers, it's a smart stream. So you got the Browns defense who they've drafted a lot of talent on that defense over the years. And I'm not going to say that the defense, even last year, the defense wasn't necessarily the reason that they were losing all those games. And it will help the Browns defense if they get Christian Kirksey, Emmanuel Ogba back. We don't know because it's a short week. But, you know, you still got studs like Miles Garrett on that team. Um, quality defensive backs in the secondary. I'm not necessarily sure they're a defense you hang on to after this week. But short week, rookie quarterback, so-so offense. I don't mind the Browns as a stream option. I don't mind the Browns either. I think they're – I mean, anytime you can get a rookie quarterback, you're in, on the road. Even though we like Donald. I mean, you're in good shape there. You have mm-hmm. one more on your list, though, that you're yeah. – if you can't get the Browns. Because I think people will be fighting mm-hmm. over the Browns as a streamer. Exactly. This is more of the, the superstitious one. I, I, I got a premonition, but uh, if you buy into that whole West Coast team flying east for a one o'clock game situation, the Raiders head all the way to Miami for a one Eastern kickoff game. You over under on that game is 43.5 anyway. Derek Carr hasn't necessarily been playing that great. So maybe take the Dolphins as a home option. I think they'll get you at least positive fantasy points, which is really all you can hope for out of your defense. Uh, so the Browns, by the way, 9% owned on Yahoo. Miami, 3% owned. And the Browns, hang on one second. Browns are actually tied for fifth in sacks right mm-hmm. now behind Chicago, Dallas, yeah. Pittsburgh, Detroit. I mean, look at that. I mean, the, the Browns' defense kept uh, kept the Steelers relatively in check, and, and they definitely kept the Saints' high-powered offense in check on the road. Uh, you know, say what you want about Greg Williams, but I think he's – dialing into some of those play calling tendencies of other teams and they're going to have a quality defense this week if they if they lose games if they go two and 14 or whatever I, I think they'll do better than that but if they lose a bunch of games it won't be because of the defense all right jake that's it we're going to wrap it up for today have any other questions for us about people to pick up today um we're finishing this up a little before noon eastern on tuesday but uh hit us on twitter at jake ski 52 or at jay helping 37 what else you working on Man, I'm all over the place, John, doing some <laughs> soccer, doing some MMA, doing some hot college hoops, but uh, as always, football number one with you guys. So hit us up on on Twitter if you have any other questions, if there are any injuries or anything like that uh, that, that helped change what we recommended in this podcast. Uh, we're happy to hear from you. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. Everybody, listeners to the podcast can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. You won't need a credit card for that. Just check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. Again, every day, reviews and ratings. Leave them wherever you're listening. We'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. We will be back on Thursday to preview most of the games in week three. So come on back then. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.